You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Friends, fans, and foes, it's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us today on the podcast. But before we get to the podcast, you know what you must do. You must hit us up on all the social media outlets, on the Twitter, at TNWPod. You'll find us there. Send us a tweet. Give us a retweet. Give us an RT, please. Uh, on Facebook, we're at Facebook backslash Talking Wrestling. You can find uh, most of the episodes dropping there and the links to them. Uh, the links being that they are usually at iTunes. So if you're on iTunes, that's where you might listen to us. Rate, review, subscribe. Send us a favorable review and uh, five stars, and we will send you a postcard from 1984 of your favorite wrestler. Who was your favorite wrestler in 1984? Was it Chris Adams, the inventor of the super kick? We got him. Was it... Uh, Kevin Sullivan, the man who might have murdered Nancy Benoit. We got him with Nancy Benoit. Uh, What else do we have? Do we have Greg the Hammer Valentine's Day, thus being the perfect postcard to send to your love on February 14th? Yes, Greg Valentine. We have him. We have so many cards still. uh, Just waiting for you to send in those uh, reviews and ratings. And then uh, go to Gmail. Uh, talking wrestling at gmail and give us a heads up that you sent us so we can keep an eye out for these things if you do that that would help the show out a lot so do that uh also uh we're on spotify now so check us out on spotify put us on a list on a playlist a podcast playlist uh you know welcome joe rogan (laughs) i've been on spotify for a while so i guess you're the new guy in town well let me give you a little hint it's not so easy around here. No, no, it's quite easy there on the old Spotify. So give us that listing over there or uh, where else? Uh, Jeepers, I'm trying to think where else you can find us on social media. Uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Oh, yeah, we are Talking Wrestling Podcast on the Instagram. Talking Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. And that's pretty much it. I am not on uh, Snap uh, Chat. I am not on um, Bumble. I am not on uh, most of the other social medias that people are. I like to keep it simple. I like to be on Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, the big three, and then hopefully you'll find the podcast on other social media platforms or other platforms like Google Play. We're there. Uh, Anywhere where popular podcasts can be found, uh, Never Sleeps Network and Talking Wrestling can be found there of course we're also at never sleeps network also a great website to go check out many many amazing podcasts offered up by the good people at never sleeps network now with that said it is time to talk wrestling and who do i have for a guest today no one that's right it's no one it's just me flying solo on episode issue one five Oh, we did it, people. We made it to 150. 
We are 150 all years, days, podcast, dreams, old today. Happy birthday. Thank you for listening. And uh, what kind of special do you get for your 150th episode? Well, you get me and you get me talking about wrestling. Specifically, I'm going to cover all out. I'm going to I watched all out last night. Today, I watched uh Timeline on WWE Network and I also watched uh what else did I watch today? Oh, Steve Austin and Jerry Lawler and uh, yeah, so I've basically been watching a lot of wrestling uh, the last uh, day because uh, Timeline is like an hour. Uh, Jerry Lawler, uh, the interview with Stone Cold, is like an hour and a half. And then All Out is like uh, another two days long. So, uh, yeah. So, without anything said, uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I'm doing okay. Um, You know, uh, sometimes... Uh, I just I know I sometimes it's tough uh, in this in this environment, but uh, I gotta realize that you, some of you people are counting on hearing this show uh, weekly, and sometimes I take a week off because I just uh, it's just too much, and uh, for me at times. And uh, but you know what I have a responsibility, and here I am today. I wanted to get you a good guest today. I wanted to get a great guest. However, uh, sometimes uh, life does not go the way you want it to go. However, All Out is the big card. It is AEW's WrestleMania, and it does need to be reviewed. So with that said, uh, this is the All Out 2020. And uh, you know what? Um, It was long. It was long. It felt like forever. Um, And that's... Part of the problem that I have with AEW uh, is it seems like every match has to be 20 minutes, and they don't. They don't have to be 20 minutes long for every match. Like I'm looking at these times. I didn't now. I did not watch the pre the pre show, so I missed uh, Joy Janela, and I missed uh, Private Party, where uh, defeated the Dark Order. So I missed those matches, uh, which was again, uh, you know. Uh, I started with the Big Swole and the Britt Baker with Rebel uh, by knockout, uh, the tooth and nail match, a 10-minute match. Uh, you know, uh, I thought for the first match, uh, considering uh, this isn't the ideal match to start a pay-per-view, but um, but it, it was what it was. And, um, yeah, okay. It, uh, so here we go. We're on to the card now. And the Young Bucks, uh, Nick and Matt Jackson. Uh, defeated the Jurassic Express, Younger Boy, and Luchasaurus with Marco Stunt. Uh, match coming in at uh, at fourteen fifty, fifteen uh, minute match to start you off. So, so there was the start match. Um, it was a good match. Is your typical Young Bucks match? Uh, the rules are kind of out the window. Um, a lot of great spots, uh, you know, and you really thought that. Uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were going to win, but uh, the Bucks are kind of wrestling heelish a little bit these days. And, um, yeah, I was uh, not surprised, but surprised, because Young Bucks, uh, you know, the Young Bucks defeated the Jurassic Express, uh, and that was basically it. Um, 
yeah, I think I think the I don't think any of these tag teams are in jeopardy. Uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus will most likely drop out of the the uh, top five in the tag team ratings. However, you just win another match and just get back up in there. Um, the next match we had Lance Archer in the twenty man Casino Battle Royale. Um, okay, so this year they kind of did it differently. Uh, they did four groups. Each group was that representing a suit of the cards, like the clubs, the diamonds, the, the hearts, and the uh, spades. And um, each group was a group of five. So five people would come in at once. Uh, that's 20 people in the ring and one extra uh, that came in at the very end. And um, And this is a... A decent battle royal, whether you get thrown over the top rope and land on the floor, or you get thrown over the top rope and you land on the ramp. Um, either way, you're eliminated. And uh, there's some spots in here. The most notable spot was the Joker in the deck. The the big reveal of who the 21st person was, was uh, Matt Seidel, uh, a.k.a. Evan Bourne, which I did not know. I never put two and two together. And never thought Matt Seidel was Evan Bourne. I thought, was Matt Seidel not part of the Motor City Machine Guns? Was he not part of that? I, I'm, I'm missing, I must be mistaking him with somebody else because Evan Bourne was like an Australian-born wrestler, was he not? Anyways, Evan Bourne comes in, or Matt Seidel. I do remember Matt Seidel from being an Impact he was working that third eye gimmick there. So when I seen him come out here, I'm like, I hope he's not doing that third eye stuff. And then sure enough, he gets there and he talks to somebody, does his third eye thing. And I was like, oh, for crying out loud. I so open your third eye. <laughs> I'm just it's not for me. And so then he gets in there and he, he gets right on the top rope and he goes to do his amazing aerial uh, moonsault or lumberjack flip and uh boom he slips and right on his right right on his face and ass and uh he does not get up for a bit he takes him a little bit to get up and get going but at that point he should have just crawled out the bottom and just crawled maybe underneath the ring because i have not seen anything that embarrassing uh in a battle royal since titus o'neill and I think it was just because the hype, the hype that he was in this battle royal, and then all of a sudden he does the flip and he falls on his face. I can't even say it, but it was crazy. So as the groups came in, um, it was interesting to see who was going after who, uh, what um, alliances were made, who threw out who. The clubs were uh, Trent, Christopher Daniels, Jake Hagar, The Blade, and, and Ray Phoenix. Uh, so you have, you know, a wide variety. You have uh, uh, SCS, uh, uh, what is it? US, not USC. SoCal. SoCal represent SoCal U. What is it? SCU? Yeah, you have SCU represented here. You have The Blade and the Butcher, a tag team. You have, uh, you know, uh, Chris Jericho's faction, the circle uh, there another tag team, and two other tag teams. So you have a good mix there. The next mix you see um, more of the tag teams being completed. And then the Diamonds, Chuck Taylor comes in. 
uh, Frankie Kazarian comes in. So USC is, has two guys in there. Uh, the best friends have two guys in there. Santana and Ortiz, luckily, are in the same uh, cabinet or, or, or they're in the same group. So they both get in there. Uh, Will Hobbs also in there. Uh, I don't even remember who Will Hobbs is, so whatever. Uh, the Hearts, Billy Gunn, you're damn right, he's my heart. Um, uh, Pen uh, Penta, you know, El Penta, you know, Pentagon, L Zero. Uh, he goes in there, Phoenix's brother there. Uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage come in and Darby Allen comes in. There's a spot where they bring out a body bag and they fill it with thumbtacks. And they put Darby Allen in the body bag with the thumbtacks. I don't understand why that was done, but it was unnecessary. It's a battle royal. There's enough dangers being tossed over a fucking top rope that you don't need to put a guy in a body bag and thumbtacks. Uh, it just makes it like just the problem with me. Okay, WWE is very safe. You see, you don't see accidents happen all the time. But lately on AEW, we've been seeing a lot of accidents and a lot of bloodshed and a lot of people getting hurt. And this, this happens on this pay-per-view. So, you know, uh, Sean Spears, Eddie Kingston, The Butcher, Sonny Kiss, uh, and Lance Archer come back as the last group. And uh, Matt Seidel is the Joker making the funniest move of the match. Um Lance Archer was probably the most dominant guy in this, eliminating uh, Trent, uh, Will Hobbs, uh, Ortiz, uh, Brian Cage, uh, Eddie Kingston. Uh, yeah, so I would say that, um, you know, Lance Archer was well, like the most dominant in the match, and he had the most uh, eliminations, and uh, he ended up winning. So it looks like Lance Archer, who was in a little bit of a rut for a bit, um, seems like he will be having a title shot very soon against uh, John Moxley. Uh, well, there's spoiler alert. Now you know John Moxley won his match later on, but we'll get to that later. So um, yeah, so this match was okay. Again, uh, the running time was, you know, typical AW uh, twenty minutes, and. Um, and now uh, we're finally after this match. So we've had two matches, and we've seen literally uh, 30 men wrestle in the first two matches. So uh, you're just – is there a singles match on the card? You know, is there a regular singles match on the card? That's the question. Just a regular singles match. Or does every thing have to be all out, and that's why it's called all out, and there are no rules to anything. So, I, I don't know. That's up to you to discuss. I don't know. So, Lance Archer uh, won last by defeating Eddie Kingston. And then next we have Matt Hardy against Sammy Guevara in what might be the most gruesome uh, feud I've seen in a while with uh, blood and injuries and just people getting hurt, um, whether it be Sammy Guevara getting run over at the stadium stampede or whether it be uh, Matt Hardy getting that chair to the face thrown to him uh, a couple weeks ago 
or or now we see um, a spot where they're going to go through a uh, mask, a table where masks are being handed out, and um, they're up on a, a, a cherry picker or some sort of elliptical riser, and um, and. I guess Sammy Guevara spears Matt Hardy off of the high riser and uh, through the table. But Matt Hardy, what's the first rule of falling, bud? Tuck your chin. Uh, he forgets to tuck his chin and his arms and his head go back and he hits what seems to be concrete. They keep on, they keep on telling you concrete. But when I look at it, I can. I thought I see slabs of wood painted like concrete. Uh, I don't know. I know he hit his head, but I honestly think he was supposed to get hurt from that, so they were going to call the match because when they did call the match, because it did look like he did hit his head, and it did look like he couldn't stand on his own, Matt Hardy, it was right to call the match. But then why did the match continue later on? Clearly, the ending of the match was planned, so this was all planned. So I don't know how we how I don't know if I'm getting worked. I don't know how serious that injury was. It looked serious. Um, it made me uncomfortable, to be honest. But then once that match started going again, you know, it's just a a, a fight and a brawl throughout everything. And uh, it ends with um, them both climbing a scaffold and um, him knocking, uh, Matt Hardy knocking Sammy Guevara off the scaffold and him doing a Shane McMahon-esque fall off of the scaffold into some boxes set up to break his fall. And then Matt Hardy sort of stood at the top or the middle of the scaffold and laughed manically. And I think that's the difference between Matt and Jeff, because uh, uh, Matt Hardy, that's how it ends. But with Jeff Hardy, uh, he does a swanton bomb down, you know, 60 feet onto the guy. And uh, then they both lie there for another 10 minutes. Uh, most of this match was them lying on the ground for, for time after doing crazy amounts of damage to themselves. Both were bleeding uh, pretty much profusely. Uh, and I'd like a bloody match, but uh, we're lucky that this match only went nine minutes, and my and it was the shortest match on the card. So then, finally, we get the one-on-one -on -one match we were looking for, Thunder Rosa versus, uh, versus Sheeta, the AEW World's Women's Championship on the line, and Thunder Rosa is the National Wrestling Alliance champion. I hope the NWA does more work with AEW, until they're back on their feet, I would think this would be awesome. Eddie Kingston is there right now. Thunder Rosa also there uh, defending her, or not defending her title, but with her title in tow. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know how you feel about women's wrestling, but this was a fantastic match that showcased both titles uh, going 16-57. And, um, yeah, and uh, Sheeta beats Thunder Rosa to you know this really helps give more credit credibility to the aew brand and title when uh, defeating uh then somebody who's carrying a title from the national wrestling alliance
Oh my god, did we just have two solo one-on-one matches? Did we just have that? Well, get ready, because now there's an eight-man tag match. That's right. And, uh, oh boy, this eight-man tag match, let me tell you. We got uh, Matt Cardona, Scorpio Sky, and uh, QT Marshall, uh, COVID-free QT Marshall, and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, of course, Ali is QT's uh, guy. I don't know. Ali was with uh, the Blade. Now she's with QT Marshall. I'm uh, not sure what's going on there. I do know that Ali was really with the Blade. They were a real couple. Uh, I know that because Ali is from Toronto. Blade is from Buffalo. They've all they've always wrestled up here for Smash. Um, you sort of knew who was dating who. Uh, Brandy Rhodes uh, was also outside. Uh, they defeated the Dark Order. I mean, Brody Lee, Cole Cabana, Evil Uno, who I can't believe how great Evil Uno go like looks. The guy is lost easily a hundred pounds, and uh, he looks amazing. And to Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, I'm just so happy that uh, so many wrestlers have jobs with AEW, giving them you know, giving wrestlers another option of where to go and wrestle. Uh, and with Anna J, eight-man tag team match, uh, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, the uh, the Dark Order was defeated, and uh, this was not good for... This did not look good for um, our good friend Cole Cabana. I'll just say that. Looked like a bit, bit of trouble for Cole Cabana. So... Um, you know, uh, also, uh, I don't understand why Brandy Rhodes had a spot in this match. Like there was no need for her to be getting involved, but of course in the middle of the match, you have to see Brandy, uh, you know, uh, coming in and doing a spot and getting, you know, you're getting, I don't know, maybe getting a paycheck. I don't know how it works, but, uh, whatever or whatnot. So, um, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> Dustin Rhodes is promoting a new shirt. I think it says 50 years or something like that. 50 years of Dustin Rhodes. That's a pretty cool shirt, 50 years. It's hard to believe the guy's been wrestling for 50 years, um, you know, but uh, he has, and uh, for a good uh, – I'd say a good 25 years out of those 50 were solid. I don't know who am I to say, but 50 years, oh, my God, it seems like a long, long time. Congratulations. A gold dust on that. that I still call him gold dust. So, um, yeah, so uh, Cabana uh, won with a roll-up for his team. And um, wait, oh, oh, Dustin Rhodes pinned uh, Cabana with a roll-up for his team. That's how that went. So then next on, we have uh, the match that I think everybody was looking for. Um, however, uh, the match that was the long this match was the longest of the night, uh, going probably about a half hour, it seemed. Um, Kenny Omega and Adam Page defending the AEW World Tag Team Championship against FTR, uh, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. And FTR uh, performed two mind breakers on Page uh, to win the match for the championship. Uh, this was the match I think 
a lot of people were looking for on this card. Uh, it was definitely my favorite match on the card. Uh, definitely the longest match on the card. And uh, just fantastic storytelling is is what it was. Because um, the, the, the revival, I'm going to call them revival. I'm going to revive the revival name. Um, the revival are such a textbook throwback team. It's so enjoyable to watch. But I thought it funny. There was a couple funny things I thought was funny. One time they said uh, they hit him with the spike pile driver. It's an assisted pile driver. Uh, yeah, that's what the spike comes from. We know that. And then JR, of course, was being JR. He's like, "There's uh, he, he's about as useless as a one-legged man in an ass-kicking conversation. And then he was like, yeah, that means... Uh, Kenny Omega only has one leg and can't do much now. I'm like, we got it, JR. We got it. We just don't care. Jeepers, get some new saints. Um, yeah, so this match, uh, just if there's one match to watch from this card, watch the half hour uh, Omega Adam Page match. At the end, we don't know what's going on. Adam Page or left these they left him beers as they left with the AEW World Tag Team Titles. Uh, so Ma Page had beers with him. Omega uh, did not want to partake in the beers. Omega was upset. Omega went back and found the box and said he was leaving and he's had enough. So it looks like the elite might be breaking up, um, definitely, and uh, it's interesting. I would just like to see Kenny Omega to just fuck the elite and just go back to being the, the cleaner. Like, just to go back to being awesome Kenny Omega. That's what I want to see. Uh, next, we got Jericho uh, facing Orange Cassidy in the Mimosa Mayhem match. Of course, Chris Jericho will let you know this is the first Mimosa Mayhem match that he invented. Chris Jericho has had a hand in inventing some of the greatest matches in the history, like the one-time Ambrose Asylum. Um, he helped create Money in a Bank. Um, Jericho, the Friends of F Festival of Friendship. Uh, you know, Jericho takes credit for a lot of things, so he is definitely taking credit for this uh, this match the um, awesome mayhem match and uh, which was just like a uh actually it was a great match it was a lot of fun uh because um you know orange it's it's crazy orange cassidy uh chris jericho is like paul mccartney you know what i mean orange cassidy was coming up he's definitely popular jericho's the older elder in, in this he realizes how popular orange cassidy has become he sees the potential of him becoming more popular and if he's the guy that can make him more popular he'll take credit for all the popularity and he has and he is he's making orange cassidy a main event he'll tell you that on the show and on this podcast but i love the champion so the champion against orange cassidy and again uh the only way was by pinfall submission or knocking your opponent into the bat vat of mimosa what is the whole point of having submission or pinfalls 
if you're not going to use the mimosa. The point of the match is the mimosa mayhem match. There's no point in having pinfalls or, but I guess that's how they're going to do false finishes. You know, I guess we all can't be as good as Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin and have a gimmick match and then not do any false finishes in it for 25 minutes and pull off the best match of all time, WrestleMania 13. Go watch that match. Uh, but however, this match, Jericho versus Orange Cassidy, very, very entertaining. And Jericho, who flew off the top rope into that um, punch bowl, uh, I haven't seen anybody fly off the top rope like that since WrestleMania 2 and Dynamite Kid when he got hit by the headbutt. But uh, he flew into that mimosa and uh, giving Cassidy a win. It was pretty entertaining. And then finally, in the main event, um, we see John Moxley, uh, John Moxley uh, going up against MJF. And MJF has been, the build to this match has been great. It's been like a campaign. MJF is going to make wrestling great again. Uh, he's got Wardlow with him. And uh, the, the paradigm shift was banned from being used. So, um, you know, like, however, it was used when the referee was uh, distracted. And uh, that's how um, uh, MJF lost the match and, uh, and lost the championship. So this isn't over. Uh, but this is a great match. And... I just think uh, Moxley is fantastic. You know, he's he's everything Dean Ambrose should have been. And um, I think MJF is probably the future of wrestling, you know, uh, especially he looks really good. And uh, he's such a great performer and put on such a great match. So um, with that said, uh, you know, the main event was solid. And, um, and, and, you know, the only thing is the card was so long, you were just like, okay, let's get through this main event. Let's get through this main event. And, uh, you know, you just wish it was a little bit shorter. All in all, my complaints about the show, too long and not enough single matches. Like, just too many people involved in every match. Like, you know, every now and again, it's just, like, nice to have a one-on-one -on -one match. And uh, and also, again, too long. I know this is their WrestleMania, but um, like my roommate, uh, Jeff McKenney, told me, um, <laughs> only WrestleManias lately, lately have been super long. Um, before that, the longest was 17, and this was like as long as that. And this does not have the star power of WrestleMania 17. So uh, with that said, uh, I thought uh, I thought it was a solid card. And uh, a lot to look forward to after that. Um, as for WWE, Raw, and SmackDown, not really familiar with what's going on. I hear there's a fight club, but nobody's talking about it. I hear there's retribution, but nobody's uh, coming forth on who these people are. Uh, I don't really know. I know there's a Thunderdome. But, um, yeah, I haven't really paid attention to the WWE I watched the payback was the last time I watched it. Um, yeah. So I've been watching the WWE Network. I watched uh, Timeline today with uh, Ric Flair and Macho Man. Fantastic. 
And then I watched the Jerry Lawler interview. Of course, I will watch any interview with Jerry Lawler because I know they'll be talking about Andy Kaufman. And I have a fascination with Andy Kaufman. And my roommate asked me today, why do I love Andy Kaufman so much? I'm like, well, not only was he hated to be called a comedian, but uh, a song and dance man, but a great performer. But um, he's the only entertainer that took wrestling and put it on the platform of David Letterman. And, like, he gave wrestling a platform on a national televised audience. And uh, it's one of the greatest moments in television history. And uh, Andy did that, you know, for wrestling because he loved wrestling. Just like uh, Andy never cashed a check that he made from wrestling, uh, which I'm always uh, fascinated when I hear that. And I love hearing that, you know, just like I love hearing about David Arquette and that all the checks that he made from WCW back in the day when he was doing his little run, he donated all that money to Brian Pillman's family and to Owen Hart's family and to other families that have lost wrestlers. And I just, stories like that, you can't hate a guy like that. And, uh, you know, um, hopefully we get David Arquette on the show. Uh, I've seen the movie, You Can't Kill David Arquette. Good news, I'm in it. Uh, You can see me several scenes during the Luke Cage match. I'm in the background. And uh, just grateful to not be cut on the cutting room floor. Glad I made it. But uh, hopefully we get David Arquette on the podcast. We're still trying to get him. Um, He said he was interested in coming on. So who knows? But, you know, Scream 5 is coming back. And I understand he's busy. And if we can get him, we'll get him. If we can't, we can't. I'll do my best. Get off my back. Um, Yeah. So Jerry Lawler versus Stone Cold. You want to check that out. It's on the network. Other than that, um, there's just a lot of other sports going on, people. I can't tell you. Um, My New York Islanders are in the Final Four in the NHL. And uh, NFL starts uh, Thursday night. And let's see what that's like without fans. (laughs) It's going to be terrible. But with that said, folks, um, thank you for joining us uh, today on the uh, on the podcast. Um, I hope you liked it. I hope you liked AEW's um, the AEW. Uh, I hope you liked the AEW All Out card, and uh, I hope you had a good time. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode of Talking Wrestling. Until then, uh, thank you for letting me put a headlock on your ears. And uh, I'm Casey Corbin. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week on right here on Never Sleeps Networks. Talking wrestling. Goodbye. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.